listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. In today's episode, I will be chatting with Dr. Kaz. She is an award-winning international speaker, executive coach, author, and brain trainer who has worked with Fortune 100 companies, international associations, three Olympic teams, and 34 Olympians from U.S., Australia, and the Pacific Rim. She's known throughout the world as the get-her-done gal. Dr. Kaz shares the latest in research, case studies, and how she's overcome seven totaled vehicles, six near-death experiences, five major career boo-boos, four limiting beliefs, three houses burning down, two broken necks, and being financially, emotionally, and physically bankrupt. Two broken necks. Wow. She'll make everyone a believer in, ask a great question, and you'll get a great answer. She enlightens and empowers audiences to challenge what is, change what is not working, and champion causes that impact the greater good. Kaz lives by her credo, I'd rather wear out than rust out. Remember, you are either an influencer or you're being influenced. The choice is always yours. so excited to have Kaz with me today on the show, and we are going to get into all kinds of great stuff. She's overcome so much, so just welcome Kaz to the show, and so happy to have you on with us. My pleasure. Absolutely happy to be here. So excited. Yeah. So where are you in the world? Where do you live? I am in Dallas, Texas, about four miles from DFW Airport. Oh, I've been in that airport before. It's huge. It is. It's a big area. Kind of empty right now, but yeah, it's one of the bigger ones. Yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit about all the stuff you've been through. You've been through an incredible amount of things and overcome them and come back. Just share with us some of the stuff you've been through over the last, I don't know, how many years has it been? Oh, gosh. I started having life experiences at a very early age. I was an active child, four or five, and... I was raised, my mom was just magical for her time. And I think she is the reason I was able to face certain challenges that may have crushed other people. Um, But she taught me at a very early age to answer two questions. And those are the two questions. If I, you know, fell off my bike and broke a bird bath or uh, one of my challenges I've overcome was totaling seven vehicles. 
not all at once and not <laughs> driving all of them because I know your audience just went, what? <laughs> I was only driving four of the seven vehicles, three got in the way, but we'll talk about that. But no matter what happened, and actually after my first car accident, I was 21 and she, I'd, I'd heard these questions for 19 years and she walked into the hospital where I was originally taken, which was Rayford Prison Hospital, the highest state security prison hospital in Florida. I actually was there three years prior to Ted Bundy. So they really were, I had totaled my vehicle and three others, including a state dump truck, which was massively huge. So they didn't really think I was gonna live, but she walked into the hospital room the next morning after my car accident and gave me these two questions and, and they're paramount. Mousebait, are you okay? And that meant do a mental and physical check. So from the time I was two, mm. I'd be like, oh, everything's not, yeah, I'm good, mm. but I'm a little bit embarrassed. And the second question was the defining moment, especially at 21. And she's, the second question was, what did you learn? So I've been on morphine now for probably 22 hours. I had a broken neck, broken leg. Um, I was paralyzed from the neck down for about seven days. I had 64 stitches in my head. And so being flip, which you can be on morphine because you don't feel any pain, I said, don't fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> and she goes, mm, dig deeper. So I went on with a couple more flip answers. And finally, I said, seriously, mom, where are you? Are in a state prison hospital. You need to get me out of here. <laughs> and she said, I will when you tell me what you learned. And so I thought, all right. So I thought for a moment, I said, got it. You can have everything. You just can't have it all at once. <laughs> she said, wow. that's the lesson I've been trying to teach you for 21 years. Snapped her fingers, EMTs came in and I was out of there. Like, and I thought, what? I used to say to people, you know, I'm a great healer. I've totaled seven vehicles. I've gone bankrupt three times. I've broken my neck twice. I have survived cancer twice. I've broken my nose nine times. I'm a good healer mentally and physically. And, and it really is an attitude. And that I think is the biggest thing I want your listeners to understand is you always have a choice. You have a choice to get bitter or you have a choice to get better. And so I look at things with, okay, this really wasn't in my plan. I may not be crash happy about this right now. However, how do I fix it? And that's all my life when I was dealing with corporate training and speaking and doing a variety of things with associations and network marketing groups. And my thing was the get her done gal. How do I fix this? And if you aren't that type of person, I think you can find someone who is. So let's see. I totaled my vehicle at 21. I couldn't go to teach. I mean, I'm in a net cast, a body cast and graduated, didn't even go to my graduation. From that time forward till I was about 29, I had taught school. I'd gotten back out. I'd gone into the corporate world, I worked for a company that a gentleman who had created the step from step Reebok. So I learned oh, yeah. a lot, the fitness industry learned a lot. Uh, I was a director of training. I did a lot in the fitness industry, had very different ideas. 
but it came back to what did you learn? So I grew up without shame or blame or condemnation. So when I was 29, I had my first bankruptcy, just spread myself too thin, tried to open up three different companies after I left this company called Sports Life and just big britches. I am a type A personality. I call it a power peak and, you know, <laughs> more, better, best. After that bankruptcy, I moved to Australia and just decided I'm reinventing myself. I was once described as a pit bull and lipstick on a bad hair day with PMS. And everyone <laughs> thought I was going to fire this employee. And I looked at her and said, that is a genius description. I'm so loving it. <laughs> so I decided I would, and this goes to what we're going to talk about today. I would reinvent myself. So my brain language is a pit bull and lipstick on a bad hair day with PMS. I love that. That is hilarious. 100%. And I decided I was going to be Mary Poppins and I was just going to spread a little bit of sugar around. And I'm in Australia for less than 12 months and I get cancer and I'm walking the beach and I am, people were just like, crazy lady, crazy lady, lady. (laughs) I was screaming at God. I mean, I was having a knockdown. Okay, for 30 years, I was a horrible person. I probably put hundreds of thousands of people in counseling. I come here, I become a nice person. I do all kinds of free work. I'm like, and I just start listing like, I've done this, I've done this. And I'm like, what the heck? And God goes, I didn't make you to be nice. Pardon? And he goes, I I didn't make you to be nice. I made you to be an agitator. I made you to push people past their limits. This is how I made you. And for the last 12 months, you have dishonored everything I find magical about you. Wow. And I remember standing, looking out the ocean going, seriously, this is the message you're giving me? Like, don't be nice. And (laughs) so what I realized then, and this was started before I learned about brain language was Everyone has what they honor, what they value. And if for some reason, somewhere along your life, you know, when you were a child, when you were a teen, first marriage, whatever, someone has said, "Mm, no, that just is not good. Then we put a veil over who we are and we pretend to be who we should be. an amazing woman business person who can have three children and a husband and be PTA president. And I'm going to go crazy and overwhelm. And so I think a big thing people need to understand is, and I learned this about two years ago from a really good mentor, wherever you are, start there. Yeah. And the question you ask is, what is the next step? That'll get me closer to where I want to be, not where I need to be, where I want Want to be. You know, fast forward, I came back to the States, had a second husband who just bankrupted me to a negative 250,000. And I decided I am stepping off. I am not going to participate in the world anymore. And I went underground. Now I had been coaching athletes doing corporate training. I was probably the third highest paid speaker in the country of Australia in 1996. And by 1998, 99, 
I stepped out of the world. And I had the best pity party for about 18 months, two years. Well, during that time, I didn't know, I knew something was wrong with my health. I'd been extremely healthy in Australia. I had great holistic people and I was gaining weight. I was gaining two pounds a week. Wow. I gained 50 pounds without eating anything, exercising like crazy. And I was starting to lose my memory. First, it was leaving the water on in the sink. It ended up with me standing in front of 15 businessmen in Denver, Colorado, looking down at my handout about an hour into the talk. It was a three-hour training, and I had no idea whose handout that was. Wow. I, it was like a foreign language. Mm -hmm. I should have stopped. I should have said, oh, I have a migraine. But I muddled through and got in my car and sobbed. And then I realized I had no idea where I was. None. I didn't know how to get home. I didn't know what state I was in. Everything was gone. So I drove to a garage and I said, I took my business card out. I said, do you, do you know where this address is? Long before cell phones, smartphones. And so he showed me on the MapQuest. And for the next two years, I had no short-term, long-term memory. Wow. And decided to move to, down to Texas and just went back to doing what I was doing when I was in college. I was a bartender because I thought, and my friends are like, but you're such a good speaker. Speak on anything. I'm like, I have no stories, no quotes, nothing. Everything original, gone. So from there, I met someone who was amazing. He was um, fighting in Iraq. And he said, take over my apartment, watch my cats, and start reading the books you wrote. Start listening to all those audio tapes of yourself. Find yourself. Wow. And that was the best mm. piece of advice. And, and the funny thing was, I would listen to something I'd done 10, 12 years prior and go, yes. Like, <laughs> that girl's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah like, I, I'd like to meet her. And, and, so, and, and so slowly but surely, the memory came back. When, I, when the memory was at its worst is when 9-11 hit. And so I'm trying to navigate the internet and online speaker packets and I'm going, oh, I don't know any of this. 9-11 mm. hits and like COVID, speaking industry dries up. So about 2006, my memory started coming back and I thought, I am going to do this. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm smart. I'm funny. I'm a great presenter. Well, I had gone back probably in, I took a two-year hiatus. I'd gone back to coaching athletes. And by coaching them in brain training, I started to use different areas of my brain and it started, the memory started to come back. So 06 came around and I started studying a couple of people online and by 07, I was just ridiculously tired. Not like me. I'm a bounce out of bed at 4am like, ah! <laughs> and which is why I never could get roommates at conferences. They'd be like, she gets up at four and has so much energy. <laughs> so I started looking for what, what was the problem. And it took about a year to diagnose. And I was in a full-blown autoimmune disorder with an underlying infection in two of my teeth. Oh, wow. So the autoimmune disorder went on for two and a half, three years before we identified the infection in my teeth. 
And that entailed losing all the skin off my arms, losing all 10 fingernails, both shoulders dislocating. So I would have to be strapped like this. Couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. Couldn't shop, couldn't do anything. Holy cow. That kind of really did a number on me. And at one point I remember laying in bed, having a similar conversation on the beach mm-hmm. <laughs> that I had with God, like, about 14 years prior and and he said you know at first he said go have your teeth checked and I went oh come on I haven't worked for three years like he's like no gotta do that and the second thing he said was honor who you are Mm -hmm. go back go back and so I did and so from then on I decided I don't know if I want to speak I don't know what I do but I loved coaching the kids. So I did some speaking, did some coaching, consulting corporate wise, but I always went back to the teenagers. So if I can impart three things, it's the quality of questions you ask yourself, you know, instead of saying, why did this happen to me? Or why did God allow this? Or why am I attracting all this negativity? At the end of the day, I kept saying, how do I fix this? Who knows more than I know? Who is an expert? And I just kept pushing forward for those mentors, those guides, those wise people, read a lot of books. Um, and, and I would wake up and I, I would have a mantra, you know, the mantra might be um, every day I'm getting stronger or today I'm going to work two hours without collapsing, whatever it was. So for those that have a tendency to look back at something they had, oh man, mm-hmm. when I was married and had this million dollar house or when I was working for this company before the company went bankrupt, you'll, I always tell the kids, you'll never win a competition in any sport looking backwards. That will never happen. You don't see a runner going, okay, <laughs> you don't see right, a right. right. No, got to keep moving so forward. You, you have to, you have to have a big dream. I really do believe in dream boards. I believe that you only share it with one person. You don't share it, what I call a PPT, a poo-poo thinker. Like, <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> share it with. Yeah. So yeah, that's that has been the journey. And uh, I am a good healer. Yeah, well, what an incredible story and journey. And I love some of the things you brought out. One thing that resonates really well is honor who you are and how on that beach. And then again, God bringing you back to who you are. We have to be authentic to who we are and follow our own path. Or, you know, if you're trying to put on a mask and another costume of somebody else, you cannot ever fulfill you know your own potential and and you won't feel that satisfaction it actually takes more energy to try to be somebody you're not I think and then and then your second thing of of keeping your eyes on the prize ahead like you know that runner doesn't look back like I love that have have your big dream in front of you make it clear and know where you're going know who you are and know where you're going and then that will help you to overcome obviously you've had a lot of obstacles to overcome you become an expert I think I should write a book on uh overcoming yes. the junk yes yes I have, a, I have a talk called de-junk the funk oh I love it <laughs> and the kids go crazy and we go through anything from health nutrition mindset you know bad grades and and they mm. just 
crack up because I believe I like little short things that get people's attention. So if I know my kids aren't eating well, instead of saying, you know, what are you eating? I'm eating well. You know, are you avoiding sugar? Yes, I'm avoiding sugar. I'll go, give me the scoop on your poop. And they'll go, <laughs> Like, can't get around that one. Yeah, kids love that. That's yeah. right to it. Well, tell us about Brain Speak. What is that about? So, many years ago, gosh, it was in the early 90s, I um, was doing corporate training, and a really good friend of mine who did very similar things goal setting, customer service, wow, your customers was doing coaching for. In Australia, it's called Australian Youth Leadership. So it was through Rotary Youth Leadership Association. I think it was Ryla. And he would go and talk to the kids. And I said, oh, my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. You know, I started out as a high school teacher, ninth through 12th grade, ag mechanics, welding, small engine repair, hydraulic motors. I miss kids. And so it started to broaden. And some of the sporting groups would say, hey, Keith, can you come and talk to 300 cricketers on the Oval? So he started dating before I did. And some of these places were a three, four hour drive from where we lived in Brisbane, no hotels. So if the camp started at 7 a.m., you were getting up at 2 a.m. and getting on the road. And so he'd get this, you know, hey, Keith, can you come teach goal setting? And he'd think, I have a date Friday night. And he'd go, no, I can't but Kaz can. And they mm. go, what, who? <laughs> and so I started speaking uh, to athletes and then word got out that I was very good with kids 10 and up teaching them mental skills training. And they'd say, how do you do that? And I'd be like, I don't know. It just comes to me. Well, at that point, I didn't realize that was God downloading my giftings. Yeah. And so one day, a swim coach came to me and said, I would like you to work with our swimmers. Like you have, you're having crazy results. And I want to see how many of my swimmers I can get on the travel team. Well, that's the precursor to the Olympic team in Australia. They, they pay enough to travel you around all over the world to see how you swim. And so I started working with the kids and I started doing some private training. And my first thought was, there has got to be an instrument that'll tell me everything that's going on in this kid's head. There just has to be. There's personality tests, there's NLP, auditory visual, kinesthetic, you know, and right brain, left brain. And so I started looking and there was nothing. So I would watch a swimmer swim for like six weeks. And then I'd go, he has trouble making decisions. I'm going to teach him how to make decisions better. Then his times will go down. Well, my thought was, well, if there's nothing out there, I'm just going to make my own. So I took a very popular personality test. It was called Personality Profile by Fred and Florence Littower. It was easy for the kids to take. Disc hadn't been invented. Mm -hmm. I took a um, very easy NLP and sort of manipulated it to teenagers. And then I created my own, are you more right brain, left brain, or balanced? And then along came a book called Brain Sex, which was amazing. It's <laughs> are you male dominant or female dominant? And it has nothing to do with gender. It's how all your senses, your eyes, your ears, your taste, how they work with your brain. And so I incorporated that in. And then I just 
put in questions to make sure they weren't lying to me along the way and stress questions because I knew stress was like a good spice little bit that would accentuate too much that would take you out and so I put together this what I call brain blend or brain language survey started giving it to kids and I'd be like oh my gosh he's an overthinker she can't make decisions she's got bb's in the dryer brain and once I knew where their gotchas were and what they valued and what their brain language. So my hugger lovers never use the word aggressive. I use the word intense. And so sometimes I think people will talk to themselves and it's actually a language, an internal dialogue that violates who they are. So a real hugger lover, a relational person will use words like I will attack my day. And subconsciously, that says, but, but that's not who you are. You're not an attacker. You're a hugger lover. And so over the years, it allowed me to get very quickly at what they valued, what their gotchas were, um, how to overcome those gotchas, and how do they talk to themselves. So if, you're, if you can't make decisions, Asking questions that lead you to more indecision overwhelms you. Asking a question that gets you to the next level very quickly. And so a lot of thinkers, they're not good at making decisions, but boy, can they, they analyze, analyze. My question is, on a scale of one to four, where are you with blank? So I'll have, you know, I'll say, I'll mom say, my child never speaks to me. I said, you ask the wrong question. You ask a question that makes him feel like you're violating his privacy. She said, well, he went to the um, athletic banquet. I just wanted to know what his date was like and did he have fun? And I said, yeah, that feels like an invasion of his privacy. So I looked at the kid and I said, scale of one to four, how, what'd your date look like? Oh my God, she was a five. She had this on, she had this. And the mother's like, wow. And I said, scale of one to four. You never want to have a middle number. It's always above average, below average. Interesting. Scale one to four, how was the food? Oh, and, and so if you understand your personal brain language and you begin to identify certain um, characteristics, personality is permanent. Right. Like eye color, skin color, all the rest can be changed. Yes. So, well, here's what's interesting. And I know for the women out there, you're going to go, oh my gosh. <laughs> when I started this 35 years ago, the majority of learning style, NLP, how they learn, how you give and receive information was visual. Smartphones, video games. I'm now looking at 80% of the population I test are kinesthetic, hugger lovers, learn by doing. Wow. They have changed their brain language because kinesthetics work with their hand. So this all day or mm -hmm. whatever texting has completely changed the brain makeup. So as learners become more experiential gamification, having fun stories, our educational system has not evolved like that, nor has any coaching, nor has much business coaching. We are, many coaches are still business coaching the way we did in the eighties, you know, set your goals. Well, for a relational, a hugger lover, 
who's um, what I call a cheerleader or a pizzazzer, they would rather have their teeth removed one by one than to set goals the traditional way. So I have goal setting for my pizzazzers, personality people. They're the ooh-ah. They're like, you know, they love for people to go, oh my gosh, where'd you get that necklace? That's divine. (laughs) Um, For my power peeps, we have goal setting. For my precision people, you know, the white out rule by the line systems, goal setting. And for my peacemakers, we have goal setting. That's perfect. We all are unique and we all have our own unique personalities and how we show up in the world and our perspectives and we aren't fitting into one mold, right? Correct. Yeah. And I agree. The education system that we have does not differentiate enough. It does not take the individual into, you know, we try to pigeonhole. I used to be a teacher. We try to pigeonhole these kids into learning a certain way and it just doesn't work. Um, so that's fantastic that you created that on your own. I mean, put, pulling all that together and creating your own thing that works is amazing. Um, so how would you, what would you say, or what have you discovered, I should say, is are the top three most powerful uses of brain speak? Top three, that's a great question. Um, the way I use brain speak as a coach, whether I'm coaching a CEO or I'm coaching an entrepreneur, or I'm coaching a 15-year-old pole vaulter. The foundation is always the same. And so when you know your personal brain language, you know your gotchas. You know, uh-oh, I'm an overthinker. I'm doing, I've been three hours researching on Facebook, Google. I need to pull the trigger. And so you set up systems or rules, if you like games, that say, I'm going to set my timer mm-hmm. for seven minutes, whatever research I get, then I'm going to go to the next step. And you can repeat those. But once you know, here are my gotchas, these are my weaknesses, I love using my overwhelm indicators. And I think that probably would be number two. When you okay. go into overwhelm, there are indicators that will are telltale signs. We've done them for so many years, you know, being over 50 and and women, Mm -hmm. you know, say 30 and above, you're going to have habits that you do that you've done for decades and you don't realize they're overwhelm indicators. So I know I'm a power person first, precision second. So power people, they love to have power and control. They love speed. Their motto is ready, fire, aim. Oops, missed the target. Ready, fire, aim. (laughs) And so I know it's all about speed. So one of my indicators in, you know, living in Texas, a lot of highways are 75 miles per hour. So if I'm in the left lane and I am yelling at the person in front of me because they're not doing at least 30 miles per over 30 miles over the speed limit, like what is wrong with you? That's what the left lane is for. That's an indicator. I am in overwhelm. Mm. If I, um, even though many times parent controls love a good argument and they'll stir the pot and they get loud to be noticed, I don't do that. Over the years, I've kind of mellowed. And so if I snap at my dog, Turks, who's a little tiny, very much power and control, Jack Russell, Mm -hmm. if he's bugging me, like, can we go walk? 
can we go walk? I think you really need a walk because right now you're not doing well. If I go, not now, that's an indicator. I'm in overwhelm. I, I sleep really well. I've fallen asleep at the car wheel four times. So I can honestly tell you I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> oh gosh. When I can't put my head on the pillow and fall asleep, and it might be, people make these excuses. Oh, I had all these ideas last night when I was going to sleep. It was, oh, it was magical. I got up and I wrote them down. I opened my phone up. I talked into it. I went to the computer. Sleep is the number one thing that if it's not brilliant, there isn't anything in your life that you can't do 100%. Can't lose weight, can't parent, can't compete, can't get up and think. So I know how important sleep is. And I know I need a good, good eight hours. And so if, I, if my mind is racing, I have a hypnosis that I play, a little hypnosis tape for an hour. Um, I will pray. I'll get up in a, in a, uh, a non-illuminating light and I'll, I'll read the Bible for 15, 20 minutes. I have strategies mm-hmm. that will put me to sleep. And so I think by knowing your gotchas, which is number two, knowing what'll take you out, what'll put you in overwhelm is monumental. And the third thing is when you're good at identifying those characteristics in you and you begin to see either similar or direct opposites, you begin to able, you're able to communicate with someone who may not be your brain language. So the pizzazzers, they, you know, I call it BBs in the dryer. And so they used to make me go crazy. And the peace people, I had a peace athlete that went to the Olympics and I'd say to him, Nathan, if I lit you on fire, it's debatable if you'd put yourself out. Like, <laughs> dude, you got to move a little more. Um, but he taught me, you can be a peace personality and make it to the Olympics. That's and right. he was a swimmer. So those would be my top three, you know, know, knowing who you are will allow you to be much more competitive, much more productive. Number two, knowing when you're going into overwhelm or the gotchas allows you to set up um, or, and if you can't do it, I have friends. I will phone a friend like that game show and go, <laughs> uh, remind me why I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. And number three, better marriages, better communication with your kids, better communications and coaching with clients, and just much a much easier way to get to the common, like, how can I help you? Yeah. Like, let's get there the quickest way for both of us. Right. Understanding you and understanding other people and accepting them for who they are and you for who you are. It's huge and helps us to be accepting and also communicate better and be in harmony, you know, and be open to learning from other people, not insisting like my way or the highway. I mean, that's huge in our society right now, for sure. <laughs> so those are a great three points. Like I always talk about knowing who you are. It's paramount. You've got to know who you are. And a part of that is knowing when you get overwhelmed and what makes you get stuck or go off the rails, react to stress, get in reaction mode. And then the third one, accepting other people the way they are and knowing how to communicate with them. I'll give you an example of how important this is. When I came back from Australia in 98, I got a contract with Coors Brewery 
up in, in Colorado, in mm -hmm. Golden, Colorado. And they brought me in and, and they said, look, we, we kind of just want to do this whole brain language survey and have you be a catalyst. Because right now we have three groups and, and none of them are working together. We have the maintenance team in Coors Brewery working on this SAS um, software that we're redesigning for Coors. We have PricewaterhouseCoopers and they're driving the training um, and overall seeing of this project. And then we have a training company that are coming in to help train these people. And none of those three like each other and they are not talking. And so I went in and I observed one training session from PricewaterhouseCoopers and I said, let me brain blend the guys and gals. And so we did. And I said, oh, here's the disconnect. PricewaterhouseCoopers are 20 year olds with very much power and control. These are our systems, we're big guys, you're gonna do it our way. Their team that was doing the programming were average age 57, predominantly men. Um, they hated going to this system because they were the listen to the beer line, oh, two miles down, there's an O-ring out. This whole mm. system of entering everything into the computer from need to check this to hours, didn't like it. Mm. And the training company didn't trust PricewaterhouseCoopers. They said, they're going to steal our, our material because we are really good at training. And so we, I, once I identified, I went to PricewaterhouseCoopers and said, guys, I have hugger lover auditories, meaning they don't want to do lists and email lists and all of that. They want to talk about their feelings and their families. And these kids went, what? That's a waste of time. I said, not if it's just for the first five minutes. So I said, you walk into the room and you say, hey, welcome to the Monday meeting. Oh gosh, I forgot a folder. You guys just talk about what went on with football and your kids and I'll be back. And I said, I don't care if you go stand in the bathroom, your office, leave them for five minutes. Let them hug and love for five minutes. They talk, they get really good connection and you come back in and you say, hey, you know, I want to thank everybody. And so I walked them through. Then I went to Coors and said, your people hate doing written reports, get them drag and speak an audio recognition program mm -hmm. and let them talk their reports as the computer types it up. So then I said, let's make it a little bit more fun. I said, as you're doing a brain dump every day, I'm going to listen in randomly and whoever tells the best story, like once upon a time I was doing this, I said, I'll give a prize. So now it became a game. And so they would all rush to 4.30 and then they'd be like, what's my story going to be like? Am I doing like Goldilocks or am I doing this? And then I went to the training company and I said, what do you need to gain trust? And they said, we need a non-disclosure. And I said, well, that's easily done. And so that one thing of catalyst, knowing the brain language of everyone involved, allowed us to finish early. No one in our group went to the hospital. Every other group around Coors had somebody show up in the hospital with heart palpitations, heart attacks, some, you know, e disease or illness. And we finished under budget. Great example. And we need more of that definitely in the world. 
So this has been enlightening and very inspiring. I know most of my listeners are probably like, oh my gosh, wow, she's done a lot and she's overcome a lot. So that means that I could probably overcome this one little thing I'm dealing with. Um, and I thank you for that, for being an inspiration and just being who you are and being true to who you are and doing great things in the world. I know you have something you want to offer my listeners. Would you tell I do. us what that is? I, what I have are a couple of different um, PDFs and a, and a video series that'll help them begin to understand their brain language a little bit better. Um, not like taking the brain language survey, but they'll be like, oh, I am an overanalyzer. I'm, you know, I do this. And so what it does is it, is it tells you in each of the main personality areas, what they value, the type of leader they are, the type of leader they enjoy, um, and how to communicate. So you can look at it and go, oh, my child <laughs> is a power and yeah. he hates that. So they want to just email me, K-A-Z at I-A-M, I-M, Dr. D-R-K-A-Z, I-M, Dr. Kaz.com. I'll just send them all that stuff and they can awesome. just have some fun. That's awesome. I would like to look at that myself because I use Absolutely. a lot of personality things and strengths uh, assessments and everything because we do this deep dive into who we are. So this would just be fabulous to add in. So I will put that in the show notes. And so all of you who are interested in this, you can just email her and I'll have that in there for you. Um, and if you want to reach out to Kaz for anything else, you know, definitely uh, reach out to her and connect to her. Thank you so much for coming on with me today and showing up in all of your glory. You're awesome. And I'm so glad I met you. Thanks, Janelle. I had a great time. I do want to leave your listeners with a thought. I love great quotes. Yes. And this one is one of my favorite. It says, you are either being an influencer or being influenced. The choice is always yours. Wow. So true. Yes. That's a great way to close it out. So I will leave you all with that. And until next time, emerge fearlessly and be your authentic self. Bye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.